0: Williams, who had a bit of, hi- of a hiatus for two weeks because I've just burned the wick at both ends like a moron, thinking, oh, well, I'll have energy forever, and just been crashing and burning lately. Roger wearing a fantastic shirt, and uh, I don't know if uh, you saw this one. <laughs> this is a uh, – it's a uh, – No, I haven't seen that one. It's a little distasteful. It's a uh, real prince assassinating Archduke Franz Ferdinand to set off World War I. Oh, that's cheerful. <laughs> and I, I really didn't mean to make it like a like a meme or a disrespectful. thing. I truly didn't. If I was going to do that, I would have, you know, I would have gone much worse. I would have done like Kennedy. To me, there's something about the princip that's just like that. Mo- I mean, granted, nothing's ever that simple, but, you know, it's
1: it's one of those bizarre moments in human history. No one even quite knows what the hell went down.
0: And it's... But the fact that it set off World War One. Which basically was just the prelude to World War II, mm-hmm. which which yielded the Cold War. And now, granted, you could go on that thread forever and be like, and it caused this, and it, which isn't how the things work. But that's one of the, that's one of the clear cut things where you can see this domino did set off two world wars, and the Second World War yielded a Cold War. To me. No one person, no one action has done more for you, you, for worse. You can
1: draw a straight line but, uh, from that to the fact that humans walked on the moon. And it, it, it,
0: precisely, and like it, the with rest really, of it. with really not that many like like leaps or assumptions, like World War One to World War Two to you know capturing Nazis to the space race. I mean, very much so. This asshole led to us walking on the moon, and yeah, to me, there's just. Um, Dan Carlin, not the comedian George Carlin, Dan Carlin, the historian, has a great six-part series called Blueprints for Armageddon. And it's about four hours each. It's about World War One. It's better than any audiobook I've ever listened to. It's more thrilling than any movie I've ever watched. It's Blueprints for Armageddon, part one through six by Dan. It's, And one of the things that he goes into is he starts one of the sections with Gabriel Princip. And just like the the way, so it really what you know. Again, if I was going for if I was going for you know shock value, you know I could have gone a lot darker than this. <laughs> yeah. I think we both know I could go. To me, I thought there really was something. Just there's something. You know that? I mean, it's him shooting, but I mean to me, it's very much so. He's pushing one domino, and it's just yeah. it's just fascinating to me. And uh, I purposely got it in triple XL, so it <laughs> so it exists as a pajama shirt. This isn't something I'm going to be wearing out. But uh,
1: well, that's kind of the fashion nowadays. I mean, I, my, in my generation, we didn't do that. We actually ordered clothes that fit. And uh, but but I know I know it's like starting in the 80s uh, that seemed to be the thing where everybody wanted like yeah, Omar yeah. the Tent Maker make their clothes. <laughs> I love
0: I love it. I love it, man. There's especially like. My podcast uniform is I've got some like triple XL like sweatpants. Uh, you know, I actually, I guess you never see my feet. I wear these every podcast, <laughs> just uh, these
1: like <laughs> so. You're doing the Colbert thing, no one knows what's going on underneath the nobody knows.
0: And uh, <laughs> I ordered
1: a although Colbert isn't doing that anymore because he's back at the uh, that's that's true uh, auditorium.
0: That's true. So, so I was wearing, uh, I ordered. Because I, I started ordering some of my sweatpants to see how they hold up, and I like them, and I was like, "Well, I want a big pajama pair," so I ordered triple XL, and I just, I'm just made, I just, it was like a kind of on the whim, like on a whim, so I just took like an uploaded file already, which is just like, like Ben Franklin, like just dollar bills, and I was like, "I'll just have money pajama pants," and they're huge. I mean, these things are huge. These are it's like a 101st Airborne parachute, and like. <laughs> And I wear those I wear those in the evening. Well, I, I don't even wear them for the podcast because they're so big, they kind of fall off. And um, So as you pointed out, Dr. Robert Malone, uh, the inventor of the MRNA vaccine technology, who's been systematically mm-hmm. censored online, I had been reaching out to him for a couple weeks. And originally, he sent me a response, like the first day. he was, like, he was like, "You know, I'm busy right now, and obviously, yeah." And I just couldn't get in touch with them. And I was just like, as I've learned with this podcast, you got to be persistent. There's a fine line between persistence and harassment. And it's just, you know, you try to try to show you're interested, but also leave them the fuck alone. And um, I woke up on Wednesday, July 1st, started going to the gym and was just like, I don't know, something, something just was like, just, just try. So I found his website and found a number to contact and. Called, first ring, pick up. <laughs> it's his wife, and she's right next to him. They're like, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. And I was like, oh, sh- sure. I'll, like, how about today? I was like, sure. How about at three? And it was two hours later, and I was like, okay, <laughs> like okay. The point of all of that is, is I, I was not prepared at all, and I so I threw it on a didn't call. show. I, it, I
1: th- it, it did not show that you, you did thank a you, very sir. professional job on that interview
0: thank you sir and i was wearing a collared yes. shirt but if mm. you'll notice at one point i got up <laughs> and i didn't realize till after i uploaded it i am wearing the triple xl and franklin <laughs> pants and so here i am talking with probably the most topical human in the world like, behind maybe joe biden or or vladimir putin the inventor of the vaccine that everyone on the planet's taking or the inventor of the technology. I'm talking to him.
1: Yeah. Well, I've taken it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, I'm talking to him with, with Ben Franklin pants. So
1: take from that. what, what, you I, what I like, Yeah. What I liked about both of those interviews is, is that uh, they were both, I mean, they were not sensational or anything. They were both making the point though, that all technology is dangerous. I mean, that's simply power is dangerous. Yeah. Technology is power. Power is dangerous. And the thing that uh, heats your house and lights your way and does all of these wonderful things for us can also burn your house down and electrocute you. I mean, it's just that's the way of it. Sometimes these things turn on us if you don't use them right or if you get unlucky. And that's not to say technology is bad. Uh, It's not to say that this particular technology is bad it's just to say be careful because if you touch that exposed piece of metal it might electrocute you you have to be aware that there are risks and that doesn't mean you shouldn't do the thing it means that you should be prepared if you do the thing it might not go the way that you expect and that is a sensible warning Hmm. and that's what both of these men were trying to convey uh and i think what they hit was an overreaction to the Trump administration trying to pretend that it, it wasn't a threat at all and that uh the vaccine wasn't necessary and it was a waste of time and that we shouldn't do anything. And when that got pushed back, then it got pushed back so far that we we couldn't actually acknowledge that there was a downside to the other side. And Google is infamous for not having human-related customer service. And, you know, they, they want to automate everything by machines. I mean, they are actually the company you would think, why would Google be trying to develop a self-driving car because Google wants to do everything with fucking machines. that's that's what they do. And that includes customer service. That started in fact with customer service. So they don't want to have to have a human being sit down and think about whether your video is actually offensive or dangerous, or whether you ticked off the keywords that the machine detected that says, Oh, this thing violated the guidelines, <laughs> and uh, I think that they have been kind of pushed into a more normal mode lately. Because I don't know if you saw it, but they banned the channel Right Wing Watch.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I actually, <laughs> I actually, just before this, I talked about that to to Dale. But yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That, so, yeah. Well, they reinstated uh, and,
1: it. Yeah, they, yeah, that lasted for about two hours, I think, and they, they got a huge pushback on it, and I think that was when uh, that made them realize that, uh, no, at some point, uh, you have to assign a human being to take a look and make sure that the thing you're doing is the thing you want to do. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, I don't know if we have time to get to it. My plan for uh, the next curator's reading was to do four episodes, episode 17 through 20, which is the next, uh, made, you know, kind of major minor arc. Uh, we probably have time to do it. I think we got like 45 minutes left.
0: Yeah. I was gonna. Um, yeah. For everyone listening, I've got some obligations. So it's going to do short. Yeah. I was going to bring that up. I was going to say, we can resume next week with it. We can push it in now. We can do whatever you yeah. want. Or we can just
1: talk about rest. other stuff. I mean, it's been a little while. So, uh, Let's, it's, let's, it's just, your joint.
0: let's catch up. Let's just catch up. Let's just fucking ask that. I, I don't want to I don't want to rush the readings. I don't want it to feel like we got to, you know. It's, yeah. Um, but it's I was talking about that with Dale and I was talking about how I was following that. I had never heard of right wing watch. I, I, it was just not in my consciousness. Mm-hmm. And to me, my stance is always the same. Everyone needs to be able to talk. Everyone needs to be able to discuss. And there was an irony in the kind of Twitter shitstorm around that. That was like, you can't ban this. This is <laughs> this is censorship. And it was like,
1: yeah, these aren't the bad guys. These are the guys who watch the bad guys to make sure that they're not doing anything too
0: bad. <laughs> but the point, the point to me was, is, do you see how censorship feels? And people were commenting kind of snarkily wait wait isn't it a private company why don't you just go build your own youtube because that's what's been said to me and people are like we can't go build our own youtube youtube's like a monopoly but and to me there was and i agree with them there should be no censorship but it's you see when that you see when that that sword swings back and what starts is censorship of say in alex jones you see when that when that thing gets when that demon gets loose it takes it you start your controlled burn to get rid of the brush but you see what happens mm-hmm. when it goes into a forest fire and it's to me it's sure my ego wants to sit there and be like how's it feel motherfuckers it gets but the reality <laughs> is like what 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 do i want more do i want the high horse feeling of saying see how it feels or do i want to get to the deeper problem and be like hey Look it, it sucks because what happens mm-hmm. when okay you're a right- wing watch what happens when you do get censored to me it was yeah. which is why I had on Malone. I was like it, it's not good when we just start stamping everything out and yeah to me it's I, I hope that there is something that comes back and,
1: and uh, to to be uh, fair about it too right- wing watch and most of the left-leaning groups like that aren't trying to censor they are just calling out. They, they they don't want to stop you from being able to say whatever you're saying. They just want to make sure that if you say it, someone is over your shoulder going, Psst. "Yeah, uh, by the way, this guy is being funded by Exxon or yeah. or, or whatever." You know? Oh it's, no, it's, I'm, uh,
0: I'm I'm a hundred percent for right. You know? You know? I'm a conservative. I like Trump. Mm-hmm. I am OK with right wing watch because above all else, above all political leanings, above the flag behind me, above which way I lean left or right. Is and I think I've argued this well, and I I, I believe I've been consistent. It's been there's some core values and at the, at the at the core of them all is we have to be able to free. We have to be free to talk or we're never going to have a free marketplace of ideas. So. Again, to me, it, no. was, it was interesting. That it was like, no, we're, we're, you know, we're right-wing watch. But you can't censor us. And to me, it was, that's how it feels when you have me going on there with Dr. Mobin and Dr. Malone, both saying, hey, if you're in this age group, get the vaccine. There was no anti-vax. This is 5G Illuminati. And to me, that was the importance is like, you throw the baby out with the bathwater and you start causing more damage than you do good.
1: Yeah. I, well, and the thing is, all they're doing is a variant on something that I uh, was taught many, many, many Here. years ago, which is all toxins.
0: Your audio was are, getting crazy just for a second.
1: You're good now. How about? No, you're good. Okay. Uh, uh, so you've probably heard the fr- uh, the phrase uh, "all toxins are drugs, all drugs are toxins." No. Nah. It it's one of those things that's. Uh, those doctrines that goes around in medical circles. And it's basically uh, that uh, any chemical that is uh, active enough to be useful is probably also active enough to be dangerous under the wrong circumstances. And that's all both of these men were saying, is that for some people, the circumstances may not be right, and you should be careful about it. Now, I was there the first day, that I was eligible to get on the waiting list. And uh, four days later, I got my first jab of Moderna, mRNA vaccine, uh, and I didn't have a problem with it, Uh, nor on my second jab. And I got my second jab the day that my wife got her first because she didn't have the uh, health Problem. I have coronary artery disease, so even though I wasn't sixty-five, I was eligible in phase three. Um, And the the thing is that, yeah, uh, I think if you uh, the thing about COVID is that it doesn't kill you the way most viral diseases do. Most viral diseases kill you by messing up enough of your cells that your uh, your own cellular mechanisms don't have enough of their workers present to do what they need to do to keep you alive. COVID drives your own immune system ape shit, and that's what kills you. So if you have a reaction to the COVID vaccine that is just faking yourselves out to make enough of this protein to get your immune system's attention for a few hours, and that gives you a problem, that that actually makes you sick, That probably means you would have had a much worse problem if you got the actual disease, which is there for more than a few hours. So my take on that was like, yeah, you get the vaccine, and that if you have a negative reaction to it, thank God that you got the vaccine because it probably means you need the you needed the vaccine. Um, That's a, a take on it that I developed before I even got the vaccine myself and i was like you know you hear about this and it's like well if if you get a bad reaction to the to the vaccine that that just means you've had spike protein in your blood for a few hours just just enough to get your immune system's attention and that causes your immune system to go crazy enough to make you sick what would your immune system have done if you actually got covid precisely and you know, I'm pretty sure I had COVID last April. Uh, at the time, you couldn't get a test for anything. Um, but I was exposed to one of the first hundred people in Louisiana who tested positive. It God was about it, a week. <laughs> it was about a week after that exposure that I almost hit the floor when I got out of bed uh, because my hips hurt so much. I didn't know what was going on. Uh, no one had told me that joint pain was one of the symptoms of COVID because no one knew that yet, except in Wuhan. Um, so I was just, you know, figuring out new ways to tie my shoes because I couldn't bend over. And, you know, this just basically like, okay, well, I'm 56. You know, it's arthritis now. Why? Yeah. That's great. And then after about two weeks, it magically went away. Now, arthritis doesn't magically go away. So... That was when I went online and started searching, and I found out that in Wuhan, where they tested everybody, uh, 16% of the people who tested positive said that their only symptom was joint pain. I was like, oh, so that's what happened. But I still got the vaccine at the first opportunity. And uh, I would advise anyone else to as well, simply because if you have a negative reaction to the vaccine, it probably is an indication that you really, really need the vaccine. And of course, now we have the Delta variant coming on that's much more contagious than the original version that's new and improved. Uh, So, um, in everyone, you know, in in Louisiana, we're at like about 35, 37%. I want to say, which isn't nearly enough for herd immunity. But on the other hand, we have like 92% of the people who are being hospitalized for COVID are unvaccinated. Yeah. So that tells you also, it's like, okay, it's not perfectly, it's not a perfect defense. I could still get COVID even though I've been vaccinated and I probably had the disease. But I almost certainly won't end up in the hospital because of it. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, I could catch it and spread it to you if you're not vaccinated Yeah, because I'm not wearing a mask anymore either. You know, it's like everybody's gone. It's like masks. That's so last week. That's, you know, we're not doing that anymore. No one's requiring it. And I'm not going to be that guy that uh, makes a big, messy public statement over it. So it's like. Yeah, you know, I'm not worried for myself anymore because I've got my defenses. Now, if I go to a place where someone else is wearing a mask, uh, or the, the the sign at the door says we still require masks, I'll put a mask on. Sure, that's only polite and private, and reasonable. Exactly, private fucking company. Um, yeah, you know, if if someone is, is worried about it, that's a sensible worry. I I respect that. Sure. Um but. The, you know, I, I, I do, you know, I've got several coworkers who aren't going to get vaccinated and I don't get the sense that they're afraid of the vaccine. What I get the sense is they're fucking lazy and they just don't want to be bothered. And that's just fucking lazy. You know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I don't have much respect for that, but on the other hand, I'm not going to make a scene about it or anything. I mean, I'm, they're not. They're not. They're not threatening me. Exactly. They're. They're screwing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, what do you do?
0: It's um, the and the the importance of what we're doing right now and what I did with Dr. Mobin and Dr. Malone is everything we're talking about. And as Dr. Mobin said, you know, I'm. He's like, you can't be pro vaccine. That's what someone said to him. You can't be pro vaccine and pro ivermectin. And he's like, what are you talking about? This isn't <laughs> sports. This is this is biomedical science. Some things work, you know. Apples mm-hmm. and bananas are both good for you. You don't have to be on one team, and but the importance of this is, and I've said this from the beginning. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I have all my fucking vaccines. What Doctor Malone did, what Doctor Moebian did, what you and I are doing right now is we are openly discussing it. And when you can openly discuss it, people who We're hesitant to get the vaccine and go, oh, that's what a reaction is. Oh, okay, yeah, sure, I'll get it. The problem, sorry, the problem is is when you carte blanche, carpet bomb, one size fits all, censor everything. Because then you get individuals who, instead of hearing an open discussion from physicians going, oh, that's what spike proteins are, that's what this is, oh, okay, 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 yeah, sure, okay, I get it. Instead of that, when you just have thou shall not talk, the hairs start to stand up on your neck, and you go, "I don't want this." And the and the true, the true tragedy is, is it it might not be. You know, in the past in history, we've seen when that when that's the layout, I hey, don't talk, something horrible happens. But the reality is, mm-hmm. is it might not be something horrible. But the very act, it's like it's like if I have a big guest coming up, and I'm like, ah, I can't tell you who the guest is. I can't. Tell. But it'd be like if I went so far and I was like, you can't even text me. Don't email me. No one's allowed to look at the podcast. I don't answer the door. Well, now people are going to start to be like, Tommy, are you okay? You know, Tommy, like you've been depressed before. Like we're getting worried. The thing I might be trying to do, I have a big guest coming. I want to keep it quiet. Yeah. I'd want on some
1: other celestial body or something.
0: You overextend so much. It has a (laughs) negative impact. And so instead of having an open discussion about side effects and should I get it? Should I not? Am I in the age group? Blah, blah, blah. When you just blanket shut it down, now you have people who are who are aware, rational, reasonable people going you – know, at first I was hesitant, but now I'm freaked the fuck out because you're not letting me talk. The reality is if you just talk, you see, oh, okay. Okay, yeah, I see it. That's the
1: importance yeah. of talking. Uh, well, the thing is when, when you do the, the sort of thing that Google and to a, uh, a similar extent Facebook uh, – has been has been doing of just trying to automate the process and uh facebook is bad enough themselves but google has a really aggressive policy to the point where our our marketing girl is like you know if you get a bad review for your company there's no one to appeal to it can seriously fuck up your business model and there is no contact that you can go to and say, "Can we get this reviewed or anything?" They simply don't do that. Yeah, they have a bunch of automated robots, and if they tick the certain keywords or they get certain inputs, then they set the thing, and there's nothing that you can make them do about it. Uh, that apparently is what happened with Right Wing Watch. They uh, put examples of hate speech on their site to warn people. This is what it looks like. This is an example of what these assholes are saying. And because those were on their channel, they got automatically flagged, oh, you're hosting hate speech. And there was no one to say, well, they're hosting the hate speech to warn people about how bad it is and show them as an example. They just, boom, you're deleted. And, you know, and of course, the whole world came down on it. That may be one of the reasons, in fact, that you got a little uh, lenience with you know because they've ever since that incident i think they've probably been a little more careful with I, that policy
0: and i would agree I, because my malone episode is still up and i was putting it up as like a i know you were
1: certain it was I, going to get i was, like, I was you know? taking a stance
0: i was like well this is how the podcast goes down i was just like <laughs> fuck it you know here we go it's still up which i can only which i can only think what's you know Instead of and
1: and it and, and it deserves to be up because if you look at it with any kind of rational just intent, yeah, and and it's a very even discussion. It's not anti anything. It's it's not promoting any kind. In fact, it's not really promoting anything. It's it's, it's more just yeah. So uh, apparently, you know, someone may have figured out that they were uh, letting the robots run a little wild over there at Google. Um, but that, their whole corporate attitude has always been annoying because of, of that sort of thing. You know, it's and the thing that I've always said too is, you know, of course, when they were first formed, they were this very idealistic company. Their motto is "Don't be evil." And uh, in the year before the IPO, when they started doing some of this really crazy shit. And uh, I, I, I was actually one of the first who started to remarking to people, you know, I think they dropped the word don't from their motto. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, no, they, they, they brought in a consultant and they're like, hey, we got to streamline this.
1: Well, they literally did run a thing where they, they, they said they said they realized that their monetization was advertising and they realized that they were an advertising company and that they should start to act like it. And boy, did they ever. So, you know, before that, they were like, well, our job is to democratize the Internet and bring content to people and connect people to the content they need. And then one day somebody did a presentation in a boardroom and said, you guys may not realize it, but you're in the advertising business. And all of a sudden it was Mad Men 2.0. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just, yeah. Have the have the most have the largest and most vanilla platform so that you can have the most number of advertisers who feel safe going on your.
1: Yeah. And, 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 and and then you do the most, you know, the least effort, most automated possible job of, uh, policing it to make sure it stays within whatever bounds you need to. Uh, and and of course for all of these multinational companies are now getting, uh, into seriously hot water is the differences between the laws in different countries Mm. because they're different because they're multinational uh you know the what's permitted in the usa what's permitted in china what's permitted in brazil what's permitted in the european union are all very different things and these uh multinational companies are having to figure out how to deal with that because when china tells you we're not going to let you have access to our billion customers if you don't let us censor certain things then you either lose the billion customers or you do what the government of that country tells you to do and meanwhile all of the people over here in the usa are going what the hell taiwan is actually a country in it and Oh, you'll get not, it. not if you're in China. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's
0: – yeah, man. It's, it's – speaking of which, on a side note, did, so China celebrated – or the Communist Party celebrated their 100 years or something. Did you see the Xi Jinping – obviously, I don't speak Mandarin, so obviously I didn't know what the speech was. But what he was wearing, dude, it was the most classical dictator pantsuit. <laughs> it was – there was a part of me that was like I respected – I respected – him staying true to canon (laughs) like it was it was just the most perfect amalgamation of dictator pantsuits and i was just like okay you know the the developers of the simulation they're they're staying true to their roots
1: (laughs) i'll have to go look that up Oh, dude it's
0: fucking it's 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 beautiful it's uh yeah
1: then you got the other side of the coin, the European Union, where they it's like uh, they want to make sure that everyone can be forgotten and and not be tracked by GPS twenty four seven, so they can continue to have affairs with their mistresses and stuff, which I really think is what drives that. Which honestly, hilarious. <laughs>
0: which is Um, fucking hilarious man it's yeah when the when the world leaders are like oh shit i can't be banging my side chick they're like privacy is important (laughs) like you cannot be selling big data you can't be tracking us because why do i need to be followed to a seedy motel am i not an individual of this great nation i mean what does it matter what does it really matter why do you need to track my online purchases who i talk to so what if i put a dress on and it's just like uh, yeah it's like no one tries, I bought
1: a dildo what about it it's yeah
0: like, it's <laughs> like they're defending things no one no one said they're like wait what no one no one accused you of that they're like maybe i like to put blush on maybe i like to have a woman dress up as a nurse and breastfeed me people are like sir this you're in brussels you're at a nato conference maybe i like to be spanked maybe i'm a bad boy what does it matter to you and it's like dude pump the pump the brakes <laughs> but
1: I, I i really think that that is yeah because you've got all of these, uh, th- these very long entrenched wealthy powerful families yeah. and uh, you know, right now I'm uh, I'm watching my way through the series The Crown about Queen Elizabeth uh, I'm in the middle of season two watching it on Netflix DVD and there's like an entire arc where they sent Prince Philip off uh, to sail around. Uh he eventually ended up in Australia to open the Olympics. But it's like at every port, they're all banging all the women and writing back home to the to the lunch club about uh how great the women are in this country, in that country and all. And, and and one of them even explicitly says it's like, and don't let this guy get out because ninety percent of us are married and our wives would kill us if they knew what we were telling you. Well,
0: yeah, it's <laughs> Yeah, it's fuck, I had a thought in my head, I forgot what I was gonna say um uh, Ask your mistress. Ask, I'll ask my mistress, <laughs> honey. Oh, so I started playing Red Dead Redemption Two, which is okay. just I'm just riding around on. A, there's supposed to be a great plot, but I'm I've yet to play it. I've just been for about seven days now. I've been riding around on a horse, just shooting people in the face and taking their money, and then I go sell it all at like a pawn shop and buy more shit that's all I've been doing I've been having an absolute blast my guy is dressed in all black <laughs> and he wears a Jason mask and I just walk around just motherfuckers and uh <clears throat> but there's like an area that's clearly supposed to be like New Orleans like Louisiana And I, I didn't re- when I was first playing because like you don't the map isn't uncovered like you're given a small little like most games and as you play more it's like the map begins to get bigger and bigger and you start to see it all and I didn't realize and, and this is one thing I've talked to you about before. When I play games, I don't read anything about them. I don't mm-hmm. do the tutorial. I don't, I don't. I like to be completely surprised. And so I thought this was just like I was in tech. I just figured it was like, I don't know, Cowboys, Texas, whatever. And like as I'm moving out more and more, I'm like, oh, it's supposed to be like, a, you know, much smaller kind of rendering of like the United States. There's like the general climates, right? There's like Northeast, there's like Southeast, in so I went down and I was like, oh, so in this area, I should be able to find like an almost like a Boston type thing. And it's kind of there. And so I went down right. south and it's like, oh, and you're coming on this place called uh, St. Denise, but it's like Saint Denis. And it's clearly like New Orleans. And there's like the swamp around it. And it's like the when you get down there, like your health goes down because it's so hot out. And like you have to be careful of what you wear and stuff. You have to like stay in the shade. For some reason my simpleton mind has just assumed that this is exactly what your life is like because you're in Louisiana <laughs> with like no grounding in reality. So I'm walking around and it's like hazy and there's people on like horses and women in hoop skirts. And I'm like, oh, this is why Roger wears T-shirts. This is why he doesn't wear hoodies is because it's so hot. And I'm like, no part of my mind is like, yeah, when Roger's at the saloon drinking whiskey and there's a guy in a piano and his wife's in a big feather hat, Hat. this is why, and his revolver's on his side. And for like two days, my mind was just like, so this is what Roger's life is like. And p- finally, I was like, finally, I was like, what is that? When I lived in Maine for like eight months in my junior high school, people would be like, What's Georgia like? Are there farms? And I was like, you guys know Atlanta is like a bigger city than anything in Maine. There's like the busiest airport in the world. There's skyscrapers, highways, really nice advanced research hospitals. Like it's yeah. – and they're like – We have indoor plumbing. Seriously, they were like, is it like horses? And I was like, it's a sprawling metropolis bigger than Boston. I was like, what the fuck are you talking? And I realized – I remember when I was up there, someone asked me, he says, do you see ludicrous? The rapper sure oh yeah no we all know him all of us it's just it's just a small town we all see him we go there's the black rapper hey luda and he says hey Tom." It's like no the fucking the greater atlanta area has a circumference of like 200 miles there's like 30 million people what the fuck do i see ludicrous like and i was like yeah you know i see him and ursher i'm like fuck yeah but
1: me- well, and, and the thing and the thing is, people have so many uh, stereotypes about the New Orleans area because of movies that are so fucked up. Uh, for one thing, the swamps are not around New Orleans. Uh, what's around New Orleans is the Mississippi River. Yeah. The Mississippi River runs right through the middle of the New Orleans metro area. But do are you want sort to of like swamps where people talk with the Cajun accent uh-huh. and all that? That's like 150 miles from here in Lafayette.
0: No, they, in, yeah. in Red Dead Redemption, it's about forty seconds on a horse.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's it would be, on a horse. It would take you a full day to get to a place where people actually spend, speak Cajun French. Uh, it's it's or or if you go south, then you get to swamps, but people don't speak Cajun there. In about an hour on a car uh, heading toward the Gulf of New Orleans, and also New Orleans is not on the Gulf of Mexico. We're about you know seventy or eighty miles inland. Uh, it's you you get all all this crazy shit and you want to hear an actual new orleans accent something that people who actually live in new orleans go yeah darling i'm gonna go down to the swaggies and make my groceries that's the uh cajun french what it is is that's the ninth ward dialect that uh it's a fusion of cajun french and new york uh banter uh it's actually the the uh verbal the verbal cues are more new york northeast but it's like if you took someone speaking new york brooklyn uh patter and played them at half speed okay and that that's what the ninth ward accent sounds like and of course that entire culture got dispersed in the diaspora after katrina because that whole area was under 10 feet of water after Katrina. Yeah. So a lot of those people left and never came back. Uh, but there's a guy named Bunny Matthews who draws a comic strip called Dick and Natalie, which is set in the Ninth Ward. And uh, he is actually credited with uh, documenting what he calls some of the Wonders of Ninth Ward linguistics. <laughs> and uh, but no people don't have any idea about that you know it's like normally you see a movie set in new orleans and you have these people that are like speaking with cajun accents no one in fucking new orleans has a cajun accent yeah you you don't even have people in lafayette speaking with cajun accents in the town proper it's a city of 200,000 people yeah. you go an hour south of lafayette now that's a different story. I have been in a bar where the only words of English the bartender spoke were Jack and Coke. Everything else was Cajun. You know, never, you know that, was, that was all he understood. But, you get to the city, people, you know, they have television. That People remark on me, it's like, I don't seem to have a New Orleans accent. I was born and raised in New Orleans. But my parents are from Mississippi and we had television. So, Uh, I have a little bit of the New Orleans thing in me, but it's all kind of diluted by what you might call the U.S. averaging process. Uh, Some of the big things are like the strip of grass in the middle of the road that separates the northbound and southbound lanes. In most places, that's called a median. Here we call it the neutral ground. And no one quite knows why. But if you come to Louisiana, particularly to New Orleans, people will talk about the neutral ground in the middle of the road. And the most convincing argument that I've heard about that is that back in the 18th and 19th centuries, when duels were a thing, they often had duels in the middle of the road because it was the neutral ground. So uh, but for whatever, you know, you've got little things like that. but you don't really have the the strong regional things yeah. uh, that's disappearing everywhere. It's like Stephen King writes a lot of them into his things about the Maine
0: yeah.
1: accent stuff. But uh, we went to Maine, i will say about 10 years, 12 years ago. And you, you hear that a little bit on on the coast now, but uh, – you go to any of their larger cities and you just, you don't hear that stuff as much because they got television sets too. You know, they, they watch the same TV shows I do.
0: Yeah. It's, and I've, I've found that, I mean, living in Atlanta, living in, in Portland, Maine. Yeah. This idea that there are these wildly different, the idea that it's like red dead redemption, that it's like this, you're this separated universe. (laughs) And it's like, dude, it's like if you go to Boston. It's like, what's Boston like? And it's like, they have, they have Wi-Fi and airports. And what are you talking? There's Harvard's there. <laughs> MIT is there. Like these are who the DOD is contracting for their, their space-based laser weapons. Like what do you
1: – uh, These people help uh, to invent the internet.
0: Exactly. And then you, it's like, well, what's Georgia like? And it's like, dude, I had some like backwoods friends from Georgia, one of whom literally went to Harvard Medical School. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean what's Georgia like? They have the same flat screen iPhones and gigabit Ethernet. They drive a Tesla that they picked up with their Uber that they paid with with money that they cashed out from Bitcoin. What do you mean? What is it? These little these little pockets of of culture they really exist. I mean, you truly gotta go out. Even Valdosta, where mm-hmm. I lived for two years, when I first went there, that was more of like the South than Atlanta ever was. You went there and you, in all the bad ways, you went. Oh, this. Yeah. But even my two. Oh, years- and I've
1: been in places like that too, oh, yeah. because you get you get far enough from the big cities, then you still get. Like I said, there are places in uh, Acadiana, par- you know, in, in the Acadiana parishes where, yeah, people literally do still speak Cajun French and don't know much English. And there's much of the north of the northern half of the state looks more like Mississippi than New Orleans. People don't realize that. Uh, this is one of the interesting things about Louisiana politics because a lot you know you've you've got about half the population is in the new orleans area they lean very heavily blue you got about a third of the population that is north of baton rouge they lean very heavily red because they're almost identical in composure to mississippi and arkansas and then you've got acadiana which is its own thing and that is why we have a democratic governor <laughs> and it's why uh, edwin edwards got elected three times so you've got that that weird mix there but even in new orleans if you want like the stereotypic new orleans experience you almost literally have to go to the french quarter Mm -hmm. which is just like a hundred blocks yeah that's you you get out of that and the further you get from the french quarter the more like the rest of the united states it looks until you get out to the suburbs in, uh, in New Orleans East, in Metairie, and it looks exactly like the rest of the United States with slab-on-grade houses and TV aerials and satellite dishes and the rest of it. You know, it, it's, you know, the the history only lasts as long as the architecture does, basically, down here. Yeah, it's, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, and and I, I get that sense in a lot of other cities, too. You get to the core of the city, like a city like Baltimore. Uh, New York City is almost like, that, you know, there's not even anything there left. But uh, you get to to a place that does have an old central city, then you'll have some of the old architecture and all. Uh, and then, of course, we think, well, it's like you know, you're hanging out in the French Quarter, and there's all these 350 year old buildings, and you think that's really cool. And then, uh, the one time I actually crossed an ocean, I actually did it for work because the reason I avoid crossing oceans is work. Uh, I don't want to be too far away. But they sent me to England uh, to install a system. And there's a 900-year-old castle in the middle of the town that we're staying in that is still in use as a courthouse and a jail. And you're just walking around in the woods, taking a nature walk, and you'll just run across a plaque. And it's like, oh, this is a 4th century A.D. Roman bath. You just you just stumble across this shit that's more than a thousand years old. You know, it's like everything, everything in the United States is like brand new by comparison. Oh, yeah. No, it's... And so this is one of the things between us and the Europeans that uh, we have no idea. Yeah. they They feel the depth of their history just going on a walk in the woods to watch birds or something. You trip over something the Romans left there a thousand years ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I remember <clears throat> University of Georgia is the oldest public uh, U.S. college. Uh, Harvard beats it, but Harvard's private. But there's like, yeah, there's like a building right near the entrance that there's like debate halls, like the debate team is still there. And I think when I was there, I want to say like the only thing I ever saw, because sometimes I'd walk by there going to like uh, some classes, but it's like right near the front of it. And it was like like the newest, they had like a little – fucking what am i just kind of i'm not poster or just whatever outside and it was like the newest thing and it was like come here to hear debates about like the ppaca the patient protection affordable care act obamacare so this was like 2012 but it was that same building that people were discussing uh it was already it was already about 80 years old when people were discussing whether or not the union should stay together and it was like that yeah. same building and like that's old as fuck, yeah. but it's only 200 and coming up on 240 years old, right? 240.
1: Yeah. Yeah. you got it. And, and you've got, you got that sort of thing in the core of old new Orleans and uh, in a few, a handful of other cities uh, that have that legacy. But then if you take that like Disneyland and try to stereotype that as, okay, this is the New Orleans experience. But a vanishingly small percentage of New Orleanians actually live in the French Quarter. Yeah. You know,
0: it's, it's, like, it's like think again, it's like thinking Atlanta is like, oh, so you boys are all Confederate flags. And it's like, dude, my friends lived in like high rises in downtown overlooking Hartsfield, Jackson, where planes are landing from Hong Kong. <laughs> like, what do you... You know what? Do you, what do you what? It's it's. But it made me think. Um. It's I think it, it was Joe Rogan that said this several years ago, but he was almost like if you grow up in a small town, some people get out, but like a lot of people stay. He's like, and there's some people that's the life they want. It's a perfect life for them. They love the small town life, but he's mm-hmm. like, you always kind of have those like this stereotypical like right the the guy that's at the bar that you know still talking about high school or something and it's like but then you have like the person that kind of gets out and goes and becomes something else it's more of a trope than it is real it's kind of reality but he's like right but that's kind of a recurring yeah. that's kind of a recurring theme right you, you got away you went out to the big city and you made something of yourself his his analogy was like it seems where it's like like the the cradle of civilization the fertile crescent He's like it's almost like that's the small town because I mean, what is the I mean the most barbaric area right? It's it's tribal warfare in in the Middle East. That's the most backwards. It's mm-hmm. the most brutal. Uh, uh, you know, women can't show skin. You know, clitorectomies, like just beheading people because they looked at you the wrong way. It's right. That's where it is. He was like, and it almost seems like as you as you get away from there. It's almost like getting away from the townies. And he goes, <laughs> even in the United States, it's like Boston versus like going out West, right? Where it becomes more and more progressive. That's where these things are birthed, right? Like the free love movement, summer of love, uh, like Berkeley and shit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, there's this kind of weird thing where it's like the farther and farther you get away, it's almost like a species divulging, or not divulging, uh, like like a genetic drift. Yeah. It starts to become its own thing. But it's odd because that's what we're saying now is, that's becoming less and less of a thing, and we are sort of becoming this weird homogenized things where it's like, sure, the difference between New Hampshire and Georgia, it's like the weather is starkly different and so are the accents, yeah. but it's like everyone watches Netflix and uses like a laptop, like
1: yeah. You, well, and even the weather is getting upside down. I mean, it's like it's like 116 <laughs> degrees. We're homogenizing the weather
0: too. Global warming. It's just equality <laughs> for all. It's temperature equality. It's about time we got to it. But because, yes. So you can you can you can suffocate in your own house in British Columbia. British Columbia or Mexico City. <laughs> no one's free. No one no one gets to escape it. And that's called equality. But you gotta think, will that soon start to happen with nations? Will we start to bleed into each other more and more? And it's like South Park that South Park episode from like 15 years ago where that guy they come back from the future, everyone looks the same. Everyone's kind of this weird, homogenized, mm-hmm. somewhat tan. Asian African Hispanic English you know kind of blend together everyone's almost androgynous and they just sort of blend together is that where we're going or is the new thing going to be breaking away to a new planet but I have to because I got to go in like five minutes but I have to cycle back to so yeah for like the last like 72 hours I've had this image in my head of like (laughs) roger dressed as like colonel sanders and i'm like you know it's just like Rod, you know as i'm going out in the woods and i'm shooting alligators there's like you can find weird inbred couples and stuff and i am like they
1: do that all the time i mean shooting alligators is our I'm, hobby I'm around here down, right? i'm down in
0: new orleans and there's like a gun shop run by like chinese men and i'm like down there on like the cobblestone and i'm like clickety clacking on my horse and i'm like getting my rifle sighted and i'm just like so this is what roger's life is like no sense of irony and the worst part is is I've been a fucking New Orleans! Is <laughs> I interviewed for med school down there, Tulane, December 6th, 2013, because I've got an autistic memory. <laughs> I went down there. It's a normal fucking city. I landed at an airport and I took a cab that I got from my iPhone. Nonetheless, in my mind, I'm like, so this is where Roger types up the metamorphosis of prime intellect. Smoking a pipe while a woman with like a hoop dress is sitting there fanning herself with flowers as John Astor and the Vanderbilts are over there drinking tonic whiskey. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, Roger lives such a. And it finally wasn't until about about midnight last night that I was like, wait a minute. Like geographically, Roger lives in
1: New Orleans. That's the only, that's the only similar. As a matter, as a matter of fact, my dad went to college at Tulane and got oh, his yeah? degree from there. Oh,
0: nice. Yeah, I interviewed so, him. It was badass.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he got his degree from there, uh, a uh, PhD in physics, in fact. And I remember going down to the computer lab back when, uh, while I was playing with my toys, because I was about four years old. He would be preparing a deck of Hollerith cards to submit to have them run his computer job to to do whatever it was that he was doing in 1967 or whatever. Uh, but yeah, uh, it, it's it is picturesque. Even in the vicinity of Tulane, you have some interesting architecture and stuff. Yeah, but the people are not all that different than they are anywhere else. We have a we do have. Uh, a uh, the, the Mardi Gras background thing, we have a debutante circuit where the rich people have their kids present themselves. And, you know, this is all very old school. But again, that is a vanishingly small fraction of our population that lives those things. Yeah. Most of us live no differently than you would in Atlanta or Miami or anywhere else particularly anywhere else like Miami, where you get hit by a hurricane once in a while, yeah. because that's our big thing. And let me tell you, there is nothing like a wildfire or a tornado to make you appreciate hurricanes because you can see them coming. Yeah, coming. It's yeah. like,
0: I was going to say, <laughs> I also, I also interviewed at Miami, but there's still like this lingering image in my head of everyone down there is like a Cisco music video with like fake tits and like platinum necklaces and like i did see a chrome lamborghini but the majority of it i was like oh Um, this is a city that's just kind of like in almost like the tropics i don't know i have these pervading themes of of cities that don't exist (laughs) like (laughs) yeah these images that aren't real
1: well and it happens all right it's like uh Back when we were getting comped all the casino stuff, uh, we ate at one of the really really fine restaurants that are that are uptown, and there was a Bugatti Veyron parked in front of the restaurant. Okay, all that's something you don't see every day, Uh, but again, you know that's also not something you see every day, even here. Yeah, anywhere. Yeah, you know, you've got you know the, the the population of the Greater New Orleans Metro area flutters around two million. Uh, it was a little less after Katrina. Uh, about half a million, generally speaking, in New Orleans Parish itself, the actual city of New Orleans that are actually governed by New Orleans, and then the surrounding suburban parishes. But everything is bounded by the river and Lake Pontchartrain. uh, One of the things about it is they're not making real estate anymore. In fact, it's getting eroded. So uh, there's stuff on the other side of the river, but you got to get across a bridge to get to it. And, of course, I live on the other side of Lake Pontchartrain, so you have to cross an even longer bridge to get to it. Uh, And uh, the state population is about four and a half million. Uh, so about half of the state lives in the New Orleans area. And that's creates a very weird dynamic when you're from New Orleans and you go somewhere else in Louisiana uh, or you go to Mississippi, which parts of which – because so, Mississippi is really weird because it doesn't have a large city. <laughs> yeah. their, their biggest city is Jackson, which is like 50,000. I mean it's like – New Orleans has bigger suburbs than – jackson mississippi
0: is new hampshire new hampshire doesn't really have any there's no like hub city i was gonna say and we we gotta wrap this one up but i was gonna say the most stereotypically fulfilling place i've been to was when i interviewed at the usc keck school of medicine in los angeles i remember flying out there and remember landing and getting off the, the plane and like getting out and like the first thing i saw in like the airport it was some like super like nutritional smoothie place <laughs> and like i didn't really think anything of that but i remember walking outside and i vividly remember like the most like beautiful sky and mm-hmm. the weather was so indescribably per- you know me i'm a little bitch i love i love like i'm i i got to be climate controlled it was so beautiful and it was so serene. And I remember yeah. the first thing that popped into my head was, this is too good. This is too nice. I'm
1: not going to get accepted here. Yeah, <laughs> I I made several trips to Santa Monica for work. And of course, you fly into LAX and it's about seven miles away, which means it takes 45 minutes on the interstate. Uh, but the thing that I took away from it is that the weather in SoCal is almost – the phrase I came up with was oppressively nice. Yeah. It's, yes. it's like it's so nice. You know, it's like there's homeless people sleeping out in the middle of the grass in the park. They're not even bothering to seek shelter because 90 percent of the time you don't need to. You can just lie on the grass all night yeah. and nothing bad is going to happen. Uh, but, of course, that means that when something bad does happen, no one is prepared for it. Uh, but it is. Yeah, it's,
0: it is. That's what it is, is it?
1: But California is, 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 is really weird. Uh, every place I've gone in California has been strange. But the strangest thing in California that I have seen is Fresno. Uh, when I flew into Fresno, uh, the, the landscape is green from horizon to horizon. But everything is in nice, neat, little geometric patterns. Because there isn't so much as a fucking blade of grass that humans didn't deliberately put there. It's the Central Valley. It was a desert. And the only reason anything grows there is because we put it there deliberately and irrigate it. Yeah. And I, it was very striking as we were coming in from with the airplane how how green it is and yet how artificial it is. It's like a terrarium or something. And I, and I was just struck that if human beings ever terraform another planet this is probably what it's gonna look like yeah because it's gonna all be you know it's 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 actual plants but they're all deliberately put where they were by humans it's very strikingly different from a wild landscape
0: it's kind of uncanny valley right Mm -hmm. it's yeah yeah
1: so it, it that, that that that's you know between that and uh in los angeles where you've got uh, at least the green stuff in los angeles there is actual wild green stuff in los angeles you know there's um that uh but the whole state is uh everywhere i've gone in in, in california has just been kind of strange yeah <laughs> and, well i'd be i guess i'm comparing it to louisiana so yeah. they would probably find you know yeah, there I am sipping my, you know, gin and tonic and,
0: and yeah. dressed like Colonel Sanders. And and you're like you're, just, like you're like yeah. you're like Wow, y'all have some beaches here. I noticed that y'all colors ain't working on the farms. It's just like Jesus Christ, that's my image of Roger. <laughs> is a plantation slave owner who yeah. takes Oh, that's it. A- you
1: know, we only have one beach in the entire state, right? That's you take your There's... you
0: take your covered <laughs> wagon out out ways to see about business and and, and and perhaps acquire land for the winter months. That's the image I have in mind. And LA is the only one that actually held up to that image is I was like, Oh I guess. Well, that's
1: what's, yeah, but that's because Los Angeles is kinda like Fresno, only not quite as bad. It's a completely artificial environment that yeah. was created by humans. And so it conforms to your stereotypes because it was created by stereotype. to those stereotypes.
0: Yeah, you're right. It was it
1: was. Yeah, it um, was. It was New, New Orleans was actually organically evolved to be what it is. And uh, even Atlanta and, and a lot of the places like that. But the the West Coast, uh, you have a lot more. There was explosive growth. It was very artificial and uh, a lot of what's there you know it, it hasn't been there very long and it was put there by people who really were being driven by the very stereotypes that you're thinking of so yeah they were aiming for that um,
0: yeah it's almost and I, I gotta go but it's it's almost like right it's almost like uh topographies of like or like bird's eye views of like cities on like the east coast or europe And it's very organic and kind of sprawling and weird. New York has the grid, but like it's mostly kind of this weird thing. It's almost – there's almost an analogy between like those are like the natural blemishes of like me or you or I have a gap tooth or, you know, our nose isn't perfect versus like that sort of – that nip-tuck LA, the city itself sort of reflects the like perfect skin where it's almost – it looks great, but part of you is like it's not real.
1: Yeah. But even even D.C., which was designed from the ground up you know, to, to a master plan, well, that didn't go completely the way that the founders expected it to.
0: Did you know that George Washington had a brother named Lund, L-U-N-D, and Lund kind of ran his properties? And I I, I read this in a book like a month ago, and I, for some reason I feel like I'm being fake news, so somebody please disprove me. It's, it's, a, it's a book called How to Hide an Empire – but it's uh, he had a brother named Lund, L-U-N-D. And this was like a tiny little section of the book. And his brother like operated some of his properties for him. And apparently he wasn't like a very strict landlord. So sometimes people would pay and sometimes he would. And Washington was always pissed off at him. But in my mind, <laughs> I like to imagine that there was some sort of like Will Ferrell, John O'Reilly, stepbrothers type, type story happening in the 1700s where it's Washington. He's this go-getter fucking building a nation his brother lund is kind of like (laughs) fat drinking bud heavy like yeah no 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 we'll get around to it like that has nothing to do with the rest of this conversation but that's been in my mind and for some reason i've just been laughing at that like lund washington the lesser known beer gut brother that's like yeah no i'll get you the money next week like
1: (laughs) that that does sound like the basis of a saturday night life skit (laughs) and that's the basis of this nation
0: Happy Fourth of July, everyone! Roger and I will get back to our regularly scheduled programming on Sunday, and we'll get back to reading and everything. Roger, nice shirt, by the way.
1: Yes, I mean I uh, just ran across this somewhere. Ran across I mean, it in I, some some merch yeah. store, some DC
0: um, merch store.
1: Yeah, uh, we will probably be a little on the later side next week because I got a feeling that uh, my dad is going to score tickets. For us to see the Black Widow movie. Oh, nice! So Fuck I'll yeah. probably getting back around three or four o'clock from that's,
0: that. It's fine. Fuck
1: yeah! Central time.
0: Fuck yeah! So. Oh, real quick, is is Bezos going to space this week, or is that, uh, is that the Virgin I, I Galactic? I it was going to be
1: all. No, nah, I, I didn't think it was going to be all that soon. I mean, I haven't been paying close attention to it. I just know. That's other. Last thing that they announced was that uh Branson. the older lady uh was going to be going with him.
0: Richard Branson is going to uh, gonna been... go on the 11th. It's uh Okay. Richard Branson to beat uh Bezos by 9 days. Um yeah, I, I saw a funny tweet and it goes it was talking about Branson, Musk and uh Bezos. And it goes so the the richest people on the planet are all viciously trying to get off of it. <laughs> Nothing to worry about. <laughs> yeah. Richest motherfuckers in the world are trying to yeet themselves up there. Huh. Should we be should we be getting out of here? It's like it's like if like Oppenheimer was like, hey, I'm gonna walk back another mile <laughs> during the yeah. test. You'd be like Oppenheimer and Teller are both walking behind the mountains. Like, should we be – do they know something we don't like? Bezos, Musk, and uh, Branson are like, we're going to space. We're getting off this planet. And it's like,
1: um, what? Yeah, but I think they are explaining to come back after after it goes off or whatever.
0: No, they're going to build Elysium and they're never going to come back. <laughs> which is part of our 2050 plan. But, uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: And you know one of the most uh, prominent streets in the New Orleans uh, metro area is the Elysian Fields. Oh, really? <laughs> I lived uh, three blocks from it for several years.
0: <laughs> I was, was going like... to put the Nike swoosh on this and just say, just do it. <laughs> but <laughs> perhaps not colorful.
1: Well, also, you don't want to get sued by someone else. That's... Yeah, that's true.
0: I wonder if, you know what, there's no point in trying to defend a real Prince of Hoodie. Just I'll, I'll just take it on the chin. Don't die on this hill, Tommy. Don't die in this hill. Yeah. There are other hills yeah. to die on. <laughs> but um
1: take it, take it take it from George Hotz, who got sued by Sony. It's just oh, like yeah. not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go down, I'll go down on this hill. Roger
0: Williams, author of my favorite book, Metamorphosis of Prime Intellect, will be in the description. I highly, highly, highly fucking recommend it. Happy Fourth of July, everybody. Stay safe out there. And uh America, despite all of its flaws, is a pretty fucking awesome place. So uh thanks for being Amen. Here. Hell yeah, Roger. I'll see you next week. God bless my man. God bless America. Recording stop everybody.